Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Free career advice for the people, because everybody deserves a better work experience. Call in to receive free career advice from Dr. Katie Revere, an experienced career coach and organizational psychologist. Dr. Katie has nearly 20 years of corporate business experience across various industries and divisions. She works with individuals, executives, and teams to create innovative, human-centered solutions to improve the workplace experience. Now here's Dr. Katie. Hey everybody, good afternoon. I am Dr. Katie Rovier. You are listening to The Dr. Katie Show. We have such an exciting topic today. Thank you all for listening in. We're going to be talking about career transitions and specifically into a manager role. We all report to someone or someone reports to us. So the topic of management is a really important one, not only management, but leadership. Uh, This is going to be another really exciting week because we're welcoming back Dr. Victoria Hendrickson to the show. Hello, hello. Hi there, thank you for having me. She and I will be fielding calls today on the topic of leadership and management. So if you do have a question related to your work experience and you'd like to knock the cobwebs off or get some insight on how to handle a situation with your manager, or if you're a new manager and you would like some advice on how to uh, handle a situation uh, that you're dealing with with your team. We'd be happy to talk to you about that as well. The other thing I would really love to hear today, and I'm sure our listeners would too, is if you have a really great manager, call us, tell us all about what they do that you love. We also would like to hear what you don't like, but tell us what good manager behaviors are so we can teach the world Uh, of listeners here today and beyond uh, what it means to be a good manager and what kind of behaviors they should avoid. I'm sure you can all relate that a large part of our experience at work relates to how we relate to our manager and how our manager relates to us. I've had some pretty crappy managers in my career, but I've been really quite blessed to have some awesome, awesome managers. And each one of my superiors, people that I've reported into um, during my time in the corporate world has taught me something. They've either taught me what not to do when I'm a boss and what I should be doing when I am a boss. And somewhere in the middle is my little, is my sweet spot as a professional and as a, as a leader. Um, so I've taken a little bit from each experience with managers and uh, created my own approach and my my own uh, yeah my own approach to being a leader of people. Uh, I was looking around um, this morning and last night about if there's any news uh, in the world today around management and the relationship between managers and employees and staff. I did find one article um, that came up. It was quite interesting, actually. There's this company called R3, and they're, um, they're a blockchain giant. They're, they're in the tech industry, and there's a, an internal chat going on about how they're disagreeing with the product that they're building and how management um, is just sort of experiencing this uproar of engineers sort of fighting back. So I, um, I, I only bring this up to say that there are relevant um, experiences going on with, with staff every single day with respect to managers. And us as leaders, if you are a leader in organization, it's your responsibility, it's part of your role to listen, to respond, and to make change happen, to build a climate that is supportive of the the individuals in your organization. Of course, with the objective of achieving your business goals, right? You're all there to achieve business goals, get work done, and we gotta listen to our people. 
We got to listen to our people and we got to co-create an experience uh, for our staff. Um, and that happens with our leadership. So Victoria, I know that you are super savvy and have had a lot of experience coaching individuals and consulting to management um, at your, in your career as an external consultant. I'm wondering if there are some data out there that you wouldn't mind sharing or what is your thoughts on career transitions and management? Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about this. And, and you know me, I've, I've always got some data to share, bit of a data geek over here. So, you know, there, there are some stats out there that I, I want to, you know, bring up and then, you know, I can talk a little bit about my, my research recently, but, you know, a lot of people throw around um, a stat or a, a common belief that people join companies and leave managers. And often this is um, sort of touted at management training in order to make new managers um, kind of feel the weight or the gravity of their role as a manager. And, and it is an important role, but really all of the data in the last 30 years in employee research has disproved this. Managers are a really core part of an employee's experience, but, but to your point earlier, Katie, it's often a really good part of their experience. Often the manager is what keeps them at an organization and, and helps them feel connected to different points of the organization. Good manager relationships often keep people in a role longer than they might otherwise be there. And we see people leave for reasons like career opportunities or lifestyle or work-life balance, other kinds of things. But being able to have that great manager relationship is, is frankly a, a sticky point and, and helps bring forward all of those other experiences. Now, that said, um, in, our, in my research in the last couple years, I've seen it's getting harder and harder to be a manager. So, you know, years ago, the average span of control or the average um, number of direct reports that a typical manager had was, was usually about five to seven people. And when you've got five to seven people, you can check in with them each every day. You have a good sense of where they are in all of their projects, what their goals are, what their barriers are. And, and you can be really helpful to them. But as our organizations become flatter, each manager now has more like 10 or more employees. And all of a sudden, it's hard to talk to each one of those employees every day. It's hard to stay on the details of you know, what stressful things they might have going on, um, what implications down the line might be if their org changes, you know, how does that impact each one of those people? It's harder to, to maintain those really good manager relationships. So, um, you know, we see that impact individual employees. So whether they have a manager who just has too many direct reports or whether they, you know, have too many managers throughout the year as organizations change more, we see that employee engagement declines as well as the kinds of um, topics that impact employee engagement or retention. So, you know, their career satisfaction, their confidence in the overall organizational health, those things decline as they get less and less time with their manager. So some of the things I think we'll talk about today are, you know, if you're a new manager or um, if you are, are taking on new kinds of management responsibilities, what are the best ways to optimize your time so that you can really give each direct report and your team as a whole the kind of care and feeding they need to be successful and, and continue their development? Yeah, well said, Victoria. I There have been many experiences that I have had uh, along my career managing others where I just kind of got blindsided with different responsibilities that I wasn't expecting or gosh, you know, you mentioned a really good thing about as organizations get flatter. So in certain departments or teams that I've been leading, it's always been my objective to create a flatter experience. And what we mean by flatter, or what I mean by flatter, and I think what you mean by flatter is that um, it doesn't feel like there's a, a very steep chain of command to make decisions, like the actual employees uh, who don't, you know, who don't have any direct reports, the team members are making the decisions um, at, collectively as a group. Uh, and that's allowing the company to go forward with their voices heard. Is that what you mean by flatter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's great in that individual contributors are more empowered, 
but it is harder on the manager who then has a, a much larger team. It, it changes the roles yeah. of everyone a bit. It does change the roles. So I really spot on. Thank you for bringing that up. So if you are experiencing, um, you know, as a new manager, if you're experiencing any of this, you know, please give us a call today and we'd love to chat with you about ways you've been successful um, to mitigate some of those challenges as, as in our management experiences come up. So uh, let's see, where do we want to go next um, for the show today? I know we have, um, I know we've got some specific manager behaviors that we wanted to talk about and get into and dig deeper. We also have some non-manager behaviors. So what we want to do, and I think let's, let's do this when we get back from our first break, but what I think would be really fun to do is to play with what are, what's the experience when you're not a manager and how that translates to boom, you've get you've gotten that promotion. You've been wanting to build and grow your career for a long time. You've got that promotion. You now have a team and what are some of those new behaviors that you really need to pick up right away in order to be successful? So let's talk about that when we get back from our first break. And I think we'll, we'll go ahead and take a break now, Eric, and we'll come back and um, we'll dive right in. That sounds great. If you want to call in to the Dr. Katie Show, give us a call now at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-KKNW. That's 888-298-5569. a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Dr. Katie Show, free career advice for the people. Our lines are open at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Hey, welcome back to the Dr. Katie Show. I am Katie Rovere. Uh, we have a special guest today, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson. Say hey. <laughs> hey, everyone. So uh, we actually have a caller. Uh, we're on the topic of management today, moving into a management role, career transitions uh, surrounding management. But we do have a caller, so we want to go ahead and take that call while we have it. Uh, I think we've got Kevin on the line from Concord, California. Kevin, are you there? Yeah, sure am, Katie. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks for calling in. Uh, you said you've Absolutely. got some, some a manager question. Um, yeah, more or less. Kind of. Let me start here. So let me give you a little bit of background with me. So um, I'm a part of a team of four, which includes my manager. Um, so I guess on the smaller side, in comparison to what you guys were just talking about before the break, um, I work for a CPG company, a food company, local here in the Bay Area in California. And um, essentially, just what I wanted to weigh on, um, weigh in on was my experience not as a manager but kind of management experiences i've had in the past and then kind of like how i'm developing in my current role um and what the future looks like for me so <clears throat> i've been i consider myself very fortunate the last couple of managers i've had um have really focused on finding people to build their team that have a upbeat or positive mentality, people that want to learn and develop um, and that are generally, um, you know, positive people. And specifically, when a, a company that I worked at before, my manager always said, he, he always told me, you know, attitude is what I look for first. And um, typically when you find people with those type of attitudes that are hungry or 
um, really passionate about what they do, you can develop them much easier than somebody that necessarily doesn't have that mindset. And that always kind of resonated with me because I found that now is like I've continued to develop to be very true. Um, and as far as like interviewing people that have joined the team that I'm on, that's always one thing that I keep in mind is like, what's their attitude like, you know, because generally people that you're interviewing already have maybe the technical skills to do the position, but you really want to find a person that's going to fit culture wise with your company, but then even more granular level, your team. Um, and that's always been something that I don't know, has, has stuck with me. And I, I found that to be true with my existing manager right now. Um, I, again, I feel very fortunate, uh, we meet regularly. Uh, we're both on the same page. We're, we have a similar style of approaching work, both tactically and strategically. And uh, it, it has really benefited me. I, I've learned quite a bit, and he's provided me numerous outlets and resources to develop myself personally and professionally. Um, and I've just found that to be so unique because uh, I know that it's not always that way um, as far as a, you know, a direct manager goes. So I don't know. I mean, I don't really know if I have a question per se, but I just wanted to like start there. Hopefully that would be a good um, segue into what you guys wanted to discuss in this portion of the show. But um, yeah, just, I really think that it's important that a manager has a great line of communication um, and provides opportunities based on what the employee wants out of their job, you know, whether it's the, not everybody wants to progress and develop themselves to the highest possible level. Some people are happy just doing quote unquote a nine to five and, and staying where they are. And then people, there's other people on the other end of the spectrum. And so I feel that it's just really important that a manager is cognizant of that, and that each person on their team is unique and will require different approaches to management. But yeah, that's awesome. You touched on a really a uh, whole bunch of I things. Know, that's kind makes... of a broad stroke, yeah. Yeah, but it's great. Thanks for bringing all of that up. Um, and I'll just I have a couple of kind of comments about what you were saying, but just most recently you said, you know, some people don't want to grow and develop or grow in their career. And that's so true, but also sometimes that changes for an individual. So maybe, you know this year, you're not really feeling like a management position is something that you want to grow into. But next year, maybe something in your life has changed that's motivated you in a new way that says, hey, you know, I know I told my manager, I didn't want to supervise people and I wasn't interested in getting a promotion. But that's changed for me now. And how do you have an open up that conversation? So I think that's, I think that's an element that could also be involved as well. You mentioned some other things about attitude, and I'm super glad that you brought that up because, yeah, interviewing, um, when you're interviewing team members, and I think that's great if your manager, you know, you know you have a good manager if your manager allows you to interview people that they're going to be adding to the team. I mean, whether it's a company yeah. policy or department policy, that's a really good attribute. Uh, that's a good sign that you have someone who's supervising your group that really cares about the group cohesion and um, adding a new vibrations to the team that everybody can kind of get along with and still thrive. Um, and so I think attitude is a really good one. Um, but one thing you mentioned, can they be trained? It made me think of a coachable mindset. So can this person be coached? I had a mentor once tell me, oh, the way that you talk, um, it portrays that you're coachable and that's a really good thing. And so this was kind of early in my career when this mentor mentioned it to me. And I said, yeah, I mean, I am committed to always growing and develop, but you know, and of course I want to know where my blind spots are. Um, you know, what are the things that are going on in terms of my behavior in the workplace that aren't, um, that I'm not visible to, am I showing up in meetings in a way that is domineering, you know, because I'm so eager all the time, or am I allowing others who might have a softer voice to chime in and give their thoughts? So, you know, there's definitely been many coachable moments in my career, but it's something that you want to pick up on when you're adding new people to the team. I'm curious, Victoria, um, if you have any thoughts or any recommendations for Kevin um, on how to, you know, keep this good vibration going with good managers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
it does sound like you've had some great managers and I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, you know, similarly, one thing that stuck out to me was, was talking about how, when you talked about how your manager hires people who will fit well with the team. So I think, you know, there's, there's two aspects. Well, there's more than two aspects, but um, when you think about a manager managing a team, there's, they're managing each of those individual people as, you know, an employee that's going to grow and develop and contribute, but they're also managing that team as a unit. So especially Mm -hmm. teams that have really interdependent work or um, kind of a lot of handoffs between their work. So one team member's work depends on the other. That cohesion is so important. So the fact that you are interviewing those people and um, the way they fit into the team is such a critical part of how they're selected is, is really great to see. I think a lot of managers, especially those who maybe don't have as much hiring experience, seek to hire a lot of high-performing individuals. And it's great to look for a lot of high-performing individuals because they're usually smart, they work really hard, but that doesn't mean they can work with an existing team and, and create those handoffs in a cohesive way. So I think that's one thing that it sounds like your manager does really well is to, to think about the team as a unit. Um, And that's hard to do as people come in and out of the team. As far as advice, you know, moving forward to keep uh, keep those relationships as as strong as they are, I would say, you know, making sure that, um, you know, you have the opportunity to provide feedback to your manager. So often when we feel like we have a great manager, we just want to soak up all they've got. But make sure that, you know, you have the opportunity to give them feedback on on what you need for whatever your goals are, whether they're doing your, your current job really well or, you know, looking at different ways to develop, making sure that they know about the goals and know what you need to be successful. Because um, to Katie's point, that changes over time. And often when you've had a manager for a long time, they, they might take for granted that they know you really well. So, you know, mm-hmm. how do you keep on top of those things and stay updated? Yeah. And it is your role, um, Kevin. That's like something to consider. That's a really good point, Victoria, that you need to keep, um, it, there's a, it's a two-way street rather. Like you want to keep that momentum going and not take for granted like oh yeah we're basically homies now you know i we get along really Mm -hmm. great i do my job really good uh and he's a great guy or she i'm just assuming it was a guy but um you know so yeah i think opening up a dialogue on a regular basis um in those one-on-one times uh for new topics and giving feedback is really important that is one thing that I always felt was super one-sided in my corporate career. I don't know if you experienced this at your company, um, but I always felt like every year they do performance reviews, like they being management, uh, everyone on the staff. And of course, when I became a manager at my prior companies, I gave performance reviews and I did review the performance. You know, you do a mid-year, then you do a year end. But I always felt like, well, I have feedback on my manager's performance. How do I, how do I give that? And so it was, it's, it seems to be a gap, but I don't know, Kevin, if you feel like that's, is that something that you'd be open to doing and that your manager would be, um, would take well, like, Hey, I've got feedback for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think number one, my manager would be open to feedback. Actually, he entices it or encourages it. And just the type of person I am, um, if there's something on my mind, I'd I'd rather be upfront about it and work to a solution or at least let the other person know how I'm feeling in an effort to be transparent. Um, And so I kind of just generally conduct myself that way anyway. Um, but definitely that's something uh, that's emphasized actually um, in part. We're kind of, that's funny you mentioned that because the company's sort of restructuring how the review process goes um, in an effort to make it more of a two-way street like you had mentioned previously. So that's, that's just awfully coincidental. But, yeah, um, definitely, definitely the type of person he is, uh, he is open to hearing like how he is doing, you know, because he, 
exactly he's managing the people individually, but is also um, managing the team as a whole. <clears throat> and so feedback from the team directly is probably one of the most important pieces uh, that goes into bettering his style, bettering himself, and, and helping the team, and at the end of the day, the company. So, um, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Cool. Cool. That's great to hear. And I, I think there was a second part of your question when you first called in that you, you were thinking about possibly moving into a manager role yourself at one time or in the near future. So, well, yeah. So like the team is growing quite a bit or or the company is growing and therefore our team is expanding. And I, I, while maybe not immediately, um, it's growing. I know that, you know, within the next one to three years that we will ha- probably have a person added each year or maybe two people added out of those three years. Um, so there will be opportunity in the team to enter a management position um, just based on the headcount increase, but also, I don't know, my gut's telling me that there, there's some shifting with my manager role and, and some things that's happening in his personal life that down the road there may be a change. Um, in the company and that opportunity. And I've, I haven't directly, like I've, I've had management positions before, but I haven't directly expressed interest in it. Um, but just learning more and more and feeling more confident and kind of progressing from an entry-level position to the team to a senior position, uh, it, I would likely be the candidate to be groomed for it if that came up and just kind of my expanding workload um, makes that kind of visible to cross-functional teams that I would be quote-unquote next in line. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't really have a question around that per se because, like, I'm uh, it's just like Victoria mentioned before, I'm I'm so impressed by man, my manager that I'm more or less a sponge. Like, I just want to learn as much as I can and expose myself to as much positivity or successful strategies that he's employed mm-hmm. um, in an effort to absorb them and in turn use them in the future, you know? Yeah. And there are some ways that you can be strategic though, Kevin, and in terms of managing this part of your career and becoming a leader in your organization, sounds like there's a lot of good, good things going on, but there are some things that you can do to position yourself as the person for this new manager role. Um, Victoria, I know you probably have some advice on ways that Kevin could do this, but um, some of the things, you know, obviously creating a conversation about it, I think would be, you know, starting the ball rolling in that conversation. If you do want to take on, you, you sense there's shifting going on in the organization, you're expanding, you think they're going to be adding headcount to the department. Let's not assume they're going to see you as the person to take on that, that new management opportunity. Let's really mm-hmm. position Let's position you in a strategic way so they can see it and have you take on leading specific initiatives and projects so they can say, oh, wow, yeah, Kevin's the guy for this job. Victoria, would you follow up with any other ways he can be more strategic in positioning himself for a promotion like that? I think cross-functional projects are a great way to do that because you can take a project leadership role and get to know and build relationships with other leaders across the organization that you might work with, you know, should you be in this manager role. And I think bringing your manager into the conversation is important um, since, you know, they are such a great person to learn from. You can ask how they make particular decisions. So, you know, how did you decide how to staff that project? How did you, you know, start to forecast and put together this budget? You know, see if there are things that they would be willing to, to sit down and, and just kind of share their process with you while you two are both still in the, the current roles you are. That's great advice. It sounds like you have a great relationship yeah. that you can you can leverage. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Well, it's just, it's time for us to go to our next break. But Kevin, I really hope that this was helpful. Did you have any other, any other thoughts or questions that you wanted us to touch on today? Um, no, not in particularly. I definitely appreciate the feedback, and it, I'm just happy to see you because a, a couple of the things you guys are mentioning are things that are either happening or have happened in the past as far as communication and, um, you know, taking on something that might not necessarily be uh, one of your assigned tasks or, yeah, cross-functional. So just a lot of the things you guys have said today are, like, really reassured me that things are going well and, uh the stars will align down the road. So I I feel happy and thankful and I appreciate you guys um, taking the time. 
Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Take care and um, good luck in your career. Let us know how it okay. goes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. We're going to head to our, our next break and we'll be back with the Dr. Katie show in just a few minutes. And if you want to give us a call, give us a call now at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527 or 888-298-KKNW. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And you're listening to The Dr. Katie Show, free career advice for the people. We're taking your calls now at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. Hey, we're back. We're back. I am Dr. Katie Rovere. We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson on the line today. We're here for to offer free career advice for all of you, our listeners, because we believe you deserve a better work experience. There are pesky challenges that uh, we confront every day in our work environment, whether it be a coworker or a project or uh, leadership. Uh, there's lots of things that kind of don't make sense and that you can change. So we're here to offer free career advice. So give us a call in and get some advice. We are covering the topic of management, moving into a management role. And um, I, uh, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson and I, um, we are, we have a conversation that we want to bring up and that is that specific moment of transition and the behaviors that you have as somebody in your organization, whether you're managing an individual or when you're not managing an individual uh, in comparison to the behaviors that you have to start doing uh, when you become a supervisor of people. So uh, we'll jump right into that conversation, but please call in uh, and get some advice, or you can also email any questions you have to, to us uh, at Dr. Katie at betterworkexperience.com and we will read your questions on the air. So when you're a manager, when, excuse me, when you're not a manager, Victoria, what are things that, you know, what's that mindset when you're not a manager? Yeah. When you're not a manager, I mean, your, your real responsibility is the work itself, you know, whether you are on a project kind of role or, um, a more corporate support kind of role, your, your main responsibility there are the individual tasks that um, are, are given to you. And those tasks can range in complexity, but um, you're there to get deliverables done. Now, you're also you know, supposed to be a good corporate citizen. So, of course, you want to promote an environment that's welcoming for everyone and, and gener generally get along with people. But really you're there to get the work done. Yeah. And that is super important. Um, and you're making money, you know, you're there, you're working, so you're earning money. So that's good too. Um, but yeah, getting the work done is super important. Now, how that changes when you become a boss of people, uh, when you're in that supervisor role, you're now, you know, you're a representative of the company. Um, you have, to consider and be thoughtful about legal issues, systems issues, things like performance reviews, um, administrative tasks, 
that can catch a lot of people off guard. I know that when I moved into a manager role at my most recent company, I, you know, I had staff that was contractors, staff that was uh, employees, staff that were interns, and each one of those types of employees needed to be managed a little bit differently. And not only am I managing the relationship with them, making sure that they feel supported in a development capacity, but also I'm helping scope out their work, making sure that they have an appropriate amount of work um, and that they have the tools and resources that they need in order to be successful at their jobs. Um, you know, things like people relations, setting the strategy and vision, you know, having tough conversations. Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, Victoria, there's a lot, there's a lot to think of. What is something that somebody in this situation who's new into a manager role, what is something that they can do to keep track of all of that and to be successful, especially in the early days between, you know, six to six months to a year, what can they do? What things can they, practical things can they do to be successful? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, starting with a calendar to map out the different parts of your role and when you're going to get it all done is really important. And when you talk about a calendar, everyone says, yes, of course, I have a schedule. And it, it seems really small. But as you take on a manager role, there are so many new components that you were just discussing, Katie, that I think looking at it on paper to see how you're going to fit these things together is super important. So, um, you know, things from when are you going to do each of your one-on-ones? When are you going to sit down and have your alone time to map out strategy? When are you going to sit down and do your administrative uh, tasks, like your paperwork, your performance reviews? Uh, and then when are you going to get your own work done? Most managers these days are also a contributor to teams. So sit down and look at how you're going to balance all of that. Um, and, you know, for new managers, I highly recommend the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Um, she goes through step by step, you know, what are ways to make this all fit in the day without driving yourself totally crazy. That's great. Yeah. And for, uh, I could not agree more. Um, I know I, there've definitely been some mind spinning days where I sit down and boy, my head is just so full and I feel like I haven't quite done everything I needed to do. And it just spills over into the next day. So it can be super um, overwhelming. So thanks for that practical advice. Uh, we have a caller. Uh, we have Sandy from San Diego. You have a question regarding uh, being a friendship, uh, having a friendship with employees. What can I help yeah, you with today? Hi there. Hi, Dr. Katie. Thanks for so You guys have uh, hit on a lot of really um, great topics today. Um, I own a business, a really small business, and I've been really fortunate to have great employees working for me who I connect with on, on a friendship level. And I guess my question really is, is like, how do I keep the boundary at work a professional one when ask for honest feedback on things that, I don't know, that employees might not like with the job or, you know, sometimes I feel like um, because we might have a friendship that if an employee isn't uh, 100% satisfied doing a particular task, uh, sometimes I feel like it's hard to communicate. Like maybe they feel, uh, I don't know, like they don't want to put out their whole feelings, maybe because I'm technically their employer and then I'm a friend on, on top of that. So they're worried. I don't know. How, what's a good way to like get constructive criticism from an employee while keeping boundaries intact? Yep. I think that's a super great question. And thanks for calling in. Not an uncommon question. Um, I think we, in one of our previous shows, we had a caller come in and say, and ask a similar question. And I consistently would suggest that creating uh uh, designated time to talk about the job, the work, the work experience with your staff, well, it be it on during a one-on-one -on -one or a powwow in the morning, but creating uh, intentional time to voice for the employee to voice uh, how, uh, what's going on in their work experience, but then also 
designating time so you as a supervisor can talk about maybe changes they need to make and how they're com they're completing job tasks or things like that. Victoria, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I think the boundaries are are super important and you know, to the extent you can, you know, talking about work at work, but then when you have time out of work with your friends, try to leave the office behind. So you can be as focused on performance and um, the job during work, but then, you know, really enjoy your friendship when you're out of the office. I would say also um, one thing I've, I've seen create kind of a, a fuzzy boundary is um, really future-oriented plans or money. Um, and those might be topics that you, you just have to agree to, to not talk about because those might be things that have to do with, you know, your life outside of work, but, but make things tense at work if you're about to come into a, a performance review cycle or bonus conversations. If your friend has just told you, you know, something about their financial situation, you don't want that to have to impact you at work. So you might have to identify topics like that, that you say, you know what, for us to be friends and work together well, we're just going to have to have a couple no-fly zones. That's really good advice. Yeah, because I have had a situation where, like, I knew an employee, like, needed more money, but their pay scale didn't quite reach what, I, it, it just, like you said, got fuzzy. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for that. That, that is uh, helpful. And I was also... Like, do you guys have any tactics for, like, how I can approach an employee and be like, hey, can you give me an honest review of my management style? I mean, I, I know I could just ask them that, but I feel like sometimes they might be holding back and maybe I'm doing something that is creating, like, an environment that they don't feel like they're, they can be honest enough with me or maybe they feel like they've been too honest in the past. How it's a good way to, like, pull constructive criticism from employees. Yeah. I, so Sandy, what I would suggest is st start small. Um, if you don't already have an environment where employees are like your staff are comfortable giving you feedback, then start, start small, start that ball rolling with, um, you know, bring it up. So first set up designated time that is protected time where you can sit down and talk about the work with your, uh, with your staff, whether it be, Hey, I, you know, I'd like to start a, a team powwow. You know, we all start at the same time or, you know, I'd like to start uh, 10 AM just take, you know, 10 minutes. We're going to stand around, uh, the office and everybody has a chance to voice something. And maybe you bring a simple question with, um, what's your, what's your, top task today? What do you want to make sure that you complete today? And just start small with something where you're creating and carving out a little bits of time and then build momentum. Maybe in one of those uh, powwows, you can say, hey, is there something that I can do better to support you uh, and you and your work experience so you can be more productive? Um, and then, you know, you can say, you know, that's basically asking for feedback. I don't know, Victoria, is there anything you would add to that? I would say that's a, a great start in the incremental approach when, when people are comfortable is, is effective. The other thing is, you know, you can try to get anonymous or written feedback. Often, if you're having that face-to-face -face conversation and you're, you're not kind of in that rhythm of, of that feedback, it can feel a little awkward. But people, if they sit down and write it out, um, will have a lot of good detailed suggestions. So if they're willing to, to write it down in some sort of, um, you know, two-way review process, that's great. And, and if not, there are all kinds of 360 tools where um, you can get feedback from your team in a more anonymous way. So um, I would look into some of those in combination with, with Katie's suggestion. Sure. Um, question, what's a 360 tool? Uh, great question. So a 360 is a review. So uh, the, the idea is to get feedback from all of those around you 360 degrees so you know if you have a manager you'd want their feedback if you have people reporting to you you'd want their feedback as well as peers or perhaps customers or suppliers so that you're able to get um, kind of a multifaceted view of, of what it's like to work with you and each of these 
um, different stakeholders might have um, different kinds of interactions with you. So they have different kinds of feedback they can provide. And these can be as, you know, in-depth and complicated as you want them to be. They can also be super simple. A couple of questions of what do I do well? What should I work on? What's your advice for me? Um, you know, mailed out to, to a couple of people you work with closely. I think that's great feedback uh, to get a 360. Yeah, so, yeah I actually, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I, I've actually, in my career, I've, I had the opportunity of getting a 360 done. And uh, wow, I learned so much about how I show up and how people perceive me. And I learned a lot of really good things that people really like that I do. But I also learned some areas for my growth and development, which I think that's what you're getting at, right, Sandy? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, did we answer your questions? Is there anything else that we can help you with today? I think so. I think, I think that was pretty insightful. So thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm really enjoying this your show and I'm getting a lot of really good advice and um, yeah, excited to keep on listening. Great. All right. Well, enjoy sunny San Diego, Sandy. Uh, and I think we're ready for our, our next break, our last break of the show today. So uh, Eric, you can take us away. And we do still have lines open and can probably squeeze in one more call if you give us a call now at 425-373-5527. Stay tuned for more of The Dr. Katie Show. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. You are listening to The Dr. Katie Show, free career advice for the people. Our lines are open at 425-373-5527. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I am Katie Rovere. We have Dr. Victoria Hendrickson on the uh, show today. We're talking about management, moving into a management role, being a manager, one of the most important roles in an organization uh, because managers set the tone, they set the climate, and they need to uh, behave in a way that is conducive to uh, a good work experience so that they can get the work done that they're there to do in their organization. So uh, we have time to take one more question, I think, for today. It's going to be tight. Um, If you do want to call in, you're welcome to do that. Otherwise, I think what we're going to do is take one question from our email list. We have Karen uh, from Los Angeles, California. Hey, rep in Southern California today on the show. Um, So Karen wrote in and said, I just started a new job at my company. I've been working here for seven years. It's been about six months since I got promoted and I'm generally enjoying the new role managing people. But there was one thing that surprised me and that's how many manager job tasks I have to complete every day on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Things like approving weekly time cards, having one-on-ones with employees and daily rounding Um, and I still have work assignments to complete, how can I fit it all in and be successful and not burn out? Boy, that's a loaded question. Uh, Victoria, I'll let you kick us off with some of the more practical things that she can do um, right out of the gate uh, over the next couple months to to stay um, on a good track. Absolutely. And, you know, congratulations, Karen. Sounds like you're you're doing really well in your role and, and glad that you're enjoying the shift to management, but it, it is, you know, quite a shift in the kind of role you've got. 
So, you know, two things come to mind. The first is protecting your time. Um, I think when you're a manager, especially a new manager, um, one, you've got new tasks, but two, you also want to have this open door policy so that, you know, you're always available to your employees and you can connect with them often. And frankly, the reality for most managers today is you can't be available all the time and get everything done. So I would say to look at all of the administrative tasks you've got, your approving time cards, things like that, um, and, and find a time each week that you can have some quiet time where your door is closed, your calendar is blocked, and that is, is your time to get it done so that it, it doesn't eke into your meeting times or, or any other things. And, you know, your team will adjust around this. They'll understand that um, this is your time to get stuff done and, and they'll work around it. The other thing I would say is be really planful about how you delegate. So um, it sounds like you connect with your team really often uh, in one-on-ones, in -on and that's great. Um, and then there's also, you know, your work assignments that you're trying to balance. So, you know, think about each of your employees, what they do and where they're trying to go. If there are particular things on your plate that you can delegate to your employees that would um, be a new kind of challenge for them, whether they're actually completing it or, you know, they're, they're helping with some background or, or early work that, that you can pick up. Those are things that they can get started on and then update you on your one-on-ones. And that, you know, helps keep the train rolling as far as getting things done. It helps uh, with their own progression and career development. And you're able to connect on those on the one-on-ones. That's not always going to be possible, but I would encourage you to, to look at what's on everybody's plate and, and try to do that when you can. Oh man, we could have an entire show dedicated to mindful delegation of work. Boy, oh boy. Like, I am so glad that you brought that up because that's a challenging thing to do. You know, you, you're a manager now, you're managing administrative tasks, you know, you're doing all the one-on-ones, et cetera, things that we've already mentioned, but you've got your own work assignments what are you working on? I mean, this is so, this seems so simple, Victoria, and I'm so, so glad that you brought this up. What is on your plate and can you dedicate some of, can you carve out some of that work and assign it to people on your team if it aligns up with their development? Not only is that a good way to get work done, but also you're building trust with your employees and you're giving them work that is um, meaningful to their development. What a great combination. Well, we're going to end there for today. Hopefully this was a really useful um, show for everyone listening. We gave some free career advice today for you, the people, because you all deserve a better work experience. Dr. Victoria Hendrickson, thank you so much for joining the show. That's it for today, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.